This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So do you think about your tongue as a life-giving tool? That's the way God is. God designed you with a tongue. You're unique among creation. The Scripture says that you're an image-bearer, that you carry some of God's quality in yourself as a human being, as an image bearer. And I believe that one of those qualities is that you have the tongue. You have the ability to speak and to speak life. And today on Your Next Step, we're going to talk about the seven life-giving ways that God designed you to communicate. So I don't want you to go anywhere because I'm. we're going to learn the seven life-giving means of communication that God has given you, and this is why it's important. It will build trust and hope and value and love into the people around you. And you want to know what else? It will actually produce a chemical reaction in your brain that will make you feel better about yourself. The chemical is called oxytocin, all right? Not Oxycontin, oxytocin. It works in that way in that it makes you feel good about yourself. See, God designed your tongue to be a resource of life to you, but this is where it really gets powerful, to the people around you. And that's why praise, thanksgiving, affection, encouragement, well, don't go anywhere. You're going to learn all seven today on Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doyle, and we're going to grow in Christ together. Jesus taught the three, three lessons right there together. He's, he did the, the lost coin the lost sheep, and the lost son. In each one of those lessons, he's trying to say, lost people matter. People matter. People matter. Your number one mission, my number one mission every day is how can I share the hope and love of Jesus Christ wherever I go? Well, one of the best and most powerful ways is with communication. I'm going to talk mainly about what comes out of your mouth. But you also need to know, when you are listening to somebody... You're communicating with them. By listening, you're communicating. You're valuable. I, I, I think you're important. I, I'm giving you my time. I'm wrapping my arms around you and loving you when you listen to somebody, okay? But today I'm going to focus on what comes out of your mouth as part of communication. I want you to be intentional. Look what it says in Matthew 12, 36 and 37. This is from the message... Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. (laughs) There'll be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Good. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and save me. Lord, forgive me. See, that can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. We could say some awful things. What's the point of all this? The the point is to be careful what comes out of your mouth. Be intentional. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Well, the the way to avoid that 
is to give it a little bit of thought before it comes out. And so one of the things that you and I have to do is we have to make an adjustment. I love this. George Bernard Shaw, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Oh, man. You've had that happen, right? Well, but you said this, but by your body language, I interpreted this. My body, it needs a workout. You shouldn't be listening to that. You know? So look at this. Responsible communication. What does the Bible teach us about responsible communication? I love this. This is James. Remember, James is the brother of Jesus. This is what he says in in, in chapter 3, verse 8. He says, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Oh my gosh, pastor, we just need to give up and go home now. It's not humanly possible to change our tongues and we're, we're done. No, what James is saying is the only way your tongue can be changed is with the power of God. If you think that we're going to sell you a special juice and you drink it every day and suddenly your words are better, I mean, that'd be a great con. But see, that's not what it's about. It's not about you learning a skill set or a, something like that. There are some skills that are going to be learned in here, but it's an invitation to say, hey, God, I recognize that my tongue is not what it ought to be. Could you help me with that? Now, why it's important that James says this, the reason this is so important is James was Jesus' brother. In the Gospel of Mark, it tells us when Jesus' ministry was starting, he's teaching in Capernaum. He's in somebody's house. It's packed. And James and another brother of Jesus and his mother, Mary, the one you know, they're standing outside and they're saying, he's not feeling well. He's gone a little batty. Send him out and we'll take him home. You know, that's not really very inspirational, is it not? Not very supportive of a brother. Yet James later, the one who thought Jesus had gone crazy, becomes the center of the church in Jerusalem. He's their go-to man when they try to solve a problem. He says, do not make it difficult for the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 13, 14, and 15, they deal with this. He says, do not make it difficult for the Gentiles to enter the kingdom of God. Without James, who knows what would have happened to you and me, the Gentiles. Keep reading. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse him. We curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth... Come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. What, what he's saying is, is what you and I already know. We can say awful things to people that we love. And he says that shouldn't be the way it is. He's inviting you and I. The scripture is inviting us to a transformation which only God can bring in our heart and in our life. And, and you say, well, how do I do that? You ask him. You say, Lord, I, I, know, I know I don't want to talk that way. Because we all know what it's like to say something we shouldn't say to somebody. We feel, the, we feel the, the hurt when someone says something unkind to us. And then we have the ability to turn around and do it to another. Only God can cure this issue. But you have to be willing to let God help you with that. And you also have to recognize you need it. I don't need a doctor. I'm just going to stay at home. I'll get over it. 
That was me a couple weeks ago. Jim's like, you got to go to the doctor. This coughing is driving me up the wall. All right, First Peter 3, 9 through 11. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So God says, turn the other cheek again. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. The invitation of scripture, the invitation of God is for you and I to use words that bless and encourage wherever we go. So how do we do that? We become intentional every day. We get up, we spend time with God and say, oh God, I thank you. You're going to give me the strength for the day I have today. And then we step out in the world around us and we say, okay, I'm called to be light. I'm called to be life. I'm going to be an encourager. I'm going to be a blesser. I'm going to be, I'm going to speak. And I'm going to give you seven categories of speech, seven types of words that will add life and, and communication. Remember last week? And when we talked about how commitment is really important, because commitment, well, let me tell you something. These words, if you will use these words at home, it will enable people to trust you. If you will use these seven times of words every day, your team at work, they'll pull together. They'll, they'll, they'll see you value them. They'll know that, 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 that I'm not alone. I'm I'm. I can feel secure in this place. Now, what does that do? When you you start using these words, this is what's going to happen. The oxytocin that we talked about is going to start flowing. People will start bonding. And the next thing you know, they're experiencing the presence of God. And people will actually ask you about the kingdom. First one is praise. You know what praise is, right? Praise is when you finish this sentence in a positive way, all right? You say, you are blank. You, you are so strong. You are so intelligent. You are always so kind. You have a gentleness about you. You are just the best at solving quadratic equations. That's a good one in algebra class, all right? And see... Praise as you are. In, in, in Proverbs 25, 11, I love this verse. A word aptly spoken are like apples of gold in settings of silver. I want you to think about this. What do you think an apple of gold is worth? Wow. And then it's set in leaves of silver. I mean, is that not something beautiful? Now, if you gave me something like that, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Odds are great, I'm going to go sell it because that's worth millions of dollars. I'm out of debt. Jennifer, oh, she's like, that's too pretty. And see, words aptly spoken, think about this, are like apples of gold and setting as a silver. And when you say the right words to people, you know what you do? They suddenly have a treasure that goes up on their shelf and it gives them a constant reminder, a source of strength. You're helping them plant their life deep. So you're a teacher and you work with kindergarten students and you walk in there every day, fully filled up in your tank because you love God. And then what do you do? You just begin to pour words of life into those young people. Wow. You're a warehouse manager. 
You're full of life. You step onto that warehouse floor and love just pours right out of you into a team of people. They feel secure and life and they can grow. You're called to be exceptional. That's what changes people's lives. Thanksgiving, you know what Thanksgiving is? That's when you recognize someone doing something right and you say, man, I am so thankful to have you on the team. I don't know how we would accomplish this without you. Recently, recently, my mom and dad were with a, with a couple. They, they called them and said, hey, uh, George and Betty, we'd like to go to dinner with you, spend some time with you. They said, great. And, 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 and this couple is mature. They're older than my mom and dad. This gentleman actually knows multiple languages. He's been a part of the government in, in his country. And, 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 and as a Jewish couple, they're sitting across the table with them in the restaurant. They're, they're looking to my mom and dad and they're saying, you know, when we look at Judaism in general, there's not a lot of hope. There's been a lot of discouragement. What we've been through over the last hundred years and just everybody looking at it. And, and, and we want you to know something. We have seen you as Christians and, and, and not just you, but other Christians. You have so much hope. You have so much joy, so much peace, so much life. Could you tell us how you came to that? I mean, you got to think about this. This man just like kicked the door open and said, would you please witness to me? That's because if you and I have these kinds of words, affection, oh man, affection. Affection is to communicate love to someone, to communicate that you care about them. Now, right now, some of you are getting a little bit nervous. Well, I, I, can't, I can't show affection for the guys on my team at work. Yeah, you can. It's, you, you do it in different ways. You, you call one another a brother or a team, or you give high fives and you say, man, that was, that was good. We got that done. You know, you, 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 you find ways to communicate that. I know folks, they're, they're 45 years old and they've never heard their dad tell them they love them. If you're a dad in this room, you better go tell them today. And if you have to use FaceTime because they're halfway around the world in the middle of a operation, whatever, you better do it. Jennifer has a girlfriend who every day has an alarm that goes off on her clock. And it reminds her at that time of day, she's going to stop whatever she's doing and take some time and pray for her husband. And, and that is her way of showing affection towards him. Now he knows that. Now think about him. He's at work. He's going along. Things haven't been going well that morning. And then suddenly it clicks in his mind. She's praying for me. And he goes into the next meeting and everything gets better. It now he's like, wow, her love is impacting the way I do my life. Don't you think that makes it more safe at home? Don't you think that just bonds them closer together? Oxytocin starts going. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, if you and I will do this, how about affection? How about you just send somebody a text and just say, what did you know? You're my best friend. You're, you're an awesome friend. You're valuable to me. You know what happens there, right? They get that little ding on their phone. Bam, you just gave them some dopamine. You doped them up. You made them feel good. 
Is that a sin? No. It's actually what you're called to. You're helping invite them to a different way of life. Encouragement. Number five, kindness. Oh, man. So many people need kindness. When you're in the grocery store and you're seeing that mom with three kids and one is melting down. One is melting down. You just say, ma'am, I want you to know you're a good mom. I mean, when she's consoling that baby and trying to get two more in tow, show a kindness to them. Open the door. But speak a word of life and say, you know, I remember those days and I would like to go back if I could just have a few hours. I'm not saying the whole time, but I'd go back for a few hours. (laughs) Oh, truth and love, truth and love. Some people, they want to tell the truth to be mean and stick the knife in. I'm not saying that. Say, listen, I'm sorry, but I I don't think you ought to say that to somebody. See, truth and love. You can speak to somebody and they know they're valued because of that. And then the last one is prayer. And I don't make it the last one because it's the least. I make it the last one because it's the most important. Okay? If you will take, if you really want to impact people, you put them on your prayer list. Begin to pray for your coworkers. Begin to pray for your family. Begin to pray for your classmates. Begin to pray for them. When I was in, when I was in uh, high school, God brought a friend into my life who was was broken by his home life, and um, he had actually, by the time he was fourteen, had tried to take his life twice. The relationship with his uh, father was so unhealthy and he was so broken inside and felt so much rejection. And, And God used that friendship to teach me how to use all these kind of words and how to pray for somebody and just pour into them. You need to know some people have been so hurt, okay? You pour into them They've got so many holes in the bottom of their bucket, it just like drains out. They can't believe it. And that makes you want to give up. And that's why you got to pray. you got to pray that God will begin to heal those broken places and that he'll begin to mend those. And over time, enough of that love, they might be willing to share with you their feelings and their need. And at that point, well, let's pray about it. And you pray with them and lead them to invite Jesus to heal that. And all of this changes. All this changes. I saw that happen as a teenager. And I've seen it again throughout my life. Pour into people. Bless them. Love them. And you prepare their hearts to receive the hope of Jesus Christ. In closing... I want to say something to you because what happens is this. You and I hear this and you're going, oh man, I feel so terrible. I have a trashy mouth. I'm not saying that you use potty words all the time. I'm saying I have not used my words the way I could. I've not spoken into my children's lives. I've not spoken into my coworkers' lives. At school, oh man. And this is what happens. You and I begin to feel guilty. We begin to feel terrible. And we begin to hear 
the voice of the accuser of the brethren it talks about in Revelation. And I'm telling you, I don't want you to hear that right now. I want you to know this. If you feel that right now, I believe it's actually the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is coming and saying, this is something I can help you with. If you will just switch that around right now and just say, Lord, would you say yes to him? He can heal your tongue, your lips. There's a story of that in the Bible. It's, it's in Isaiah chapter 6. The prophet Isaiah, he's, he's praying one day. He's having one of these God moment times. And this is what God does. God takes him and just brings him up in his mind, in his heart, to the presence of God, the throne room of God. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. You are so holy. You are so good. Oh, and I am, I am a rotten scoundrel, right? Same experience that John had in Revelation. Same beautiful throne, same beautiful angels. It's, it's, it's a consistency, okay? And, and, and Isaiah's response was, look at it, it's in your notes, it's right here. It's, it's Isaiah 6, 5, woe to me, I cried. I am ruined for I'm a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King and the Lord Almighty. He's just overwhelmed. And this is what he does. It's simple. He's sitting there and he just confesses that sin. So once God shows you that something's wrong in your life, all you got to do is just confess it. Say, oh Lord, this isn't right. This is not the way you meant for me. I'm supposed to be a, a new creation. I'm supposed to be a friend of God. And here I am. I'm a, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live amongst a people with a potty mouth. I mean, they tweet it. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and you feel that that is God. You need to know something. The world, they don't think they're talking wrong. They think that's the way you're supposed to talk. They think trash talk is appropriate. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts you of this. And so you just welcome him. And that's what Isaiah did. You know what God did? An angel goes over, he grabs a coal off the altar of incense and sacrifice. Think about this. Isn't this beautiful? Who was the great sacrifice? Jesus. He takes a coal off of that, touches his lips, and cleanses him. And then he goes and he becomes a messenger for God. All you have to do, all you have to do, is welcome Jesus, welcome God to heal that broken area, that uncleanliness. And that's what we're going to do right now. Here's the prayer. God, you are the one who gives life, heals, and forgives. I am guilty of having unclean lips. Forgive me. Jesus came to make me righteous. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and words of life. Teach me to bless and pray effectively. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. What I love about prayer is this, that you and I touch eternity, that we step into the throne room of God, we go to heaven, so to speak, in the sense that our voice reaches heaven, but it impacts earth. That's amazing. So let's do that right now. Let's pray for our leaders in politics and the leaders of our schools and school boards. 
Father in heaven, we come before you because we know you ask us to pray. In Timothy, it tells us that we're to pray for our leaders and those that are in a position of authority. And so today we want to pray for our politicians, for our schools, because these people have authority over our children. They have authority over our community. They have authority all the way up to the federal level here. And and God, there, there are men and women that are meeting throughout the earth as leaders. And so we come before you, and this is our prayer. We agree with Paul and Timothy. We are praying that they would lead in such a way that there would be peace and that the gospel of Jesus would go out. God, we know that there's been turmoil over the schools lately, and there's been been turmoil over many political leaders trying to impose their authority over us. God, it's our prayer that in our schools and in our leadership politically, that you would have the supreme authority, that it wouldn't be about political power or, or that. It would be about what brings about peace and wholeness and life for our community, for our children. God, we're praying that in our schools, that the children would, would learn things that would help them be healthy. May they not be tossed and turned with games that would confuse them. May they have clarity about their identity, who you created them to be. We pray that your Holy Spirit would go throughout the earth through the leadership established in every nation, including ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I know know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that. But I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address. And we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address. And then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.